0: Pod mod bods, welcome back. Before we get into this episode, I just want to let you know that uh, I am on the most recent episode of Esoteric Modulation. That's Ed Ball and Ben Divkid-Wilson's podcast. And it was a lot of fun to be on the receiving end of a podcast interview. Uh, so please go check that out. I'm also on the most recent episode of Source of Uncertainty with uh, with Robert and Kyle. We talk about the red panel list stuff. So um yeah if, if you don't if you haven't had enough of me, go check out those podcasts um and if you have had enough of me, just go check out those podcasts but the episodes that I'm not on um they're they're all great podcasts also if you're not aware of data cult audio. That is a, a, a really awesome podcast that is just uh, modular performances from all of our favorite modular artists. And there's, if, you, if, if you haven't checked it out yet, you'll, you will be very happy to see that there's a huge backlog of amazing performances there. Also, if you are in Seattle, I'm going to be doing a live rescoring of Nosferatu with Josh Lim from Modular Seattle and John and Michael from Bleeps and Loops. October 25th, Bleeps and Loops presents Spooky Synth Spectacular at Rebar starts at 8 p.m. Uh, would love to see you out there. Let's get into this episode. This is the sixth time I've tried to record this intro. It's very hard. I want to get through everything. I want to tell you guys everything, all my highlights and all the cool people I met. But if I did that, it would take like a whole hour. And I don't think anybody wants to listen to that. So I'm just going to rattle off some of my highlights and just kind of give you my Velocity experience. And uh, we'll see if I can do that in under 10 minutes. And then we'll get into this pod mod live panel with Basic, Bana Hafar, and Annie, and Divkid. And if you went back two years and told me that I'd have all those people on a live uh, uh, panel in, here in Seattle, I wouldn't have believed you. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Before I get into recapping my experience, I, I just want to I want to give the most seriously hefty and heartfelt shout-outs to uh, Modular Seattle and Patchworks, Bradley Millington and Josh Lim, Cindy Reichel and Tom Butcher, all made this happen um, along with about 150 different volunteers. Can you believe that? so many people came out and and helped make this possible, and it was a lot of the manufacturers and performers said it was was the most efficiently ran and well-oiled machine thing they've ever been a part of. Um, So that's just a testament to all the hard work that everybody did, Um, and I don't want to call anybody out any more than anyone else, but Bradley Millington really, really was kind of the 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 godfather of it all he's he's great at planning and he really made this happen and he's he's taking some well-deserved uh r&r time right now um so yeah bradley if you're listening to this huge shout out to you thank you for making it all happen josh Lim, also so much work he's also taking some much needed r&r uh his wife taylor I want to give a special shout out to her because she was in the, the artist check in slash merch room for about 16 hours and she was so helpful and had like just such an enthusiastic attitude and she really she really made things happen. Uh, Hannah and Ray from Patchworks really they're always they're always hustling and, and doing and doing good work. Um, I unfortunately couldn't see a lot of the stuff that happened during the day because I was in the trade uh, the trade show room. So I missed all the talks, but luckily they're all available on uh, YouTube or at VelocitySeattle.com. So the entire event, all the performances, everything, including this podcast you're about to listen to, there's video of it. Um, so yeah, go check that out. You could, spend, you could spend a lot of time catching up on it yeah, and a lot of that video was was uh, shot and and you know, kind of controlled by Justin Benjamin, who he runs the uh, uh, the discord server here in in Seattle. It's kind of there's everything Seattle modular community. there's there's a discord server. Uh, revolving around that even one around pod pod mod which I don't really know how to use discord but if you guys want to get on there and chat with each other it's it's there so thank you Justin for that um also this the I don't I don't know her name I didn't get a chance to meet her because it was all hustle and bustle but the the woman who ran sound for the 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 talks and the live pod mod panel was absolutely like on top of her game it was amazing we had we had five uh, wireless mics that all died during during the panel, and she was uh she was back and forth between the sound booth and up to the stage to replace mics. We had to share them every once in a while, but she was so good about getting us mics that worked as they kind of died as they dropped off like flies um, that it doesn't really affect the the show too much so um huge huge thanks to her uh, so yeah, velocity while it was only a one day event was really close to a two week uh, journey for me and a lot of the people here in Seattle Uh, Ben Wilson was here for two weeks we had Eli from Mystic Circuits as a house guest for three nights and I tell you what you couldn't ask for a better house guest and a better hang Eli is just so so chill and so fun Um, and it was nice that Hannah got to meet him for the first time and yeah we just had a whole lot of fun with him um, but yeah, it kind of all started with Ben coming into town, uh, div kid. We did the, the Podmod guide to Western Washington, which I kind of told you about a few weeks ago. And, uh, there, there will be a video of that, uh, coming up somewhat soon. So what really kicked it off was, um, two days before velocity, there was a, ch- a quad performance at the uh, good shepherd chapel, um, here in Seattle. And it was basically just a repeat of the Lucio lights show. It was the same lineup. Uh, that we had uh, we had an episode a few weeks back with the guys who put that on um, and it was a fundraiser and it was really cool but uh, Ben Div Kid Wilson did a surprise ambient set which pretty much rocked everybody's socks and uh, we talk about that a little bit in the, uh, the live panel um, but it was really cool just to see all all the, all the amazing performers back at it and doing amazing sets um, if you get a chance to come to Seattle I highly recommend you do that on like a modular nights or modular on the spot weekend or something bleeps and loops. So many events that happen. Probably a good chance that if you're coming to Seattle, something's going on. A lot of amazing performers here. So the fourth, the day before Velocity, we picked up Eli from Mystic Circuits at the airport, and then uh, him, my wife Hannah. Eric and Sarah from Schlappy Engineering, Abe from AI, and Brandon from Mordax. We all went out and got uh, some tacos and some beers, and we went to this barcade called Attaball, and we played a bunch of old-school games. And uh, it was really cool to be able to hang out with uh, you know three of my favorite people from the scene, four of my favorite people, Eric and Sarah and uh, Eli and Abe, who I've all met before and had great hangs with. Um, it was cool to be with them all at once. And then to add Brandon from Mordax to the, the mix, I'd never met or talked to him. Such a cool guy. It was so much fun to be able to get to know him. It turns out we went to the same uh, university in Ellensburg, Central Washington University. Not at the same time, but I did live in Ellensburg at the same time. So it's weird to think that we were living in the same town, the same small town at the same time, like 10 years ago. But that's beside the point. Uh, hopefully getting him on the show soon. So we ultimately took it pretty easy on Friday night because Eli and I had to both be to the venue by 9 a.m. for the trade show. Eli obviously had a uh, Mystic Circuits booth. And then I helped out Lenny and Clarissa from After Later Audio show off their Heritage line, which is a, a new new line of uh original designs they're putting out it's an oscillator a filter and an envelope which all have some really cool features but i'll be telling you guys about those in the future they're not quite released yet i also popped over to the recovery booth and uh, helped greg out a little bit showing people uh I actually didn't really work with the modules too much. I was showing people the pedals because, uh, I just, that's what really kind of got me into all of this was, was the recovery pedals. And, uh, I just, I love playing guitar through them. And so it was fun to be able to, uh, to show people some of my favorite pedals and get them, uh, you know, excited about that. Um, it was, it was amazing to look around that room and just, you know, Hey, there's Josh from Maleko. Oh, Hey, there's, uh, there's Dan Green from 4MS. Oh, there's Thomas Fang from 4MS. Oh, Scott from Industrial Music Electronics is over here. Uh, holy shit, Div Kids walking around shooting videos of everybody. The WMD guys are there. Mitch from Empress was there. Um, it was it was so cool to meet all these people in in person. And, and I'm leaving some people out. I know. I, I it's just. Like I said, it would, it would be an hour to go through all of this. Um, so, yeah, we, we did all we did all the uh, the trade show stuff, got to meet um, Todd Barton in person, which was so cool. He's such a nice. I mean, it, it, when, when he walked in, you could tell like, everybody's kind of walking around. Oh, my God, Todd Barton's here. And then, you know, Nathan Moody shows up and Banahat Farm Basic show up and uh, Austin Carnes, a.k.a. our Benny shows up. And then all these all, the, all of our favorite people from Portland are up there. Um, it was it was amazing. It was really hard to try to talk to everybody. so you know you'd have little five minute conversations here and there bouncing around, but there was just a just the level of enthusiasm and just that 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 community love was just it was palpable. Um, so there was an hour break in between the trade show and all of the performances. and during that break, uh, Eli, myself, Hannah, and Greg and Zara from recovery, we went over to this. Um, this place that has this—it's uh, a vegan burger, fries, and a beer for ten bucks. So she, we all went over there and had a nice dinner, and it was—it was really cool to get to spend some time with Greg and Zara. They're—they're they're close friends of Hannah and ours, and, and to have Eli be there, um, have a nice meal, and uh, yeah, and then get back for the for the the live performances, which were all so—I mean, I didn't see them all, but everyone that I saw was amazing. Um, they were all overlapping, so it was kind of hard to. Uh, you know, bounce back and forth between everybody. But um, I'll say some of my highlights are um, Benny, Nathan Moody, uh, Eric Schlappy, Threw It Down. He's such an amazing performer. Um, Animals at Night, Greg from Recovery, uh, who does the, the theme song for the show. He did a live set, um, and he always he brings his uh, lap steel and plays lap steel along with modular stuff it's it's pretty unique and uh pretty awesome and annie stepped out of the ambient zone to do like a disco set which was really cool it was so cool to see him um you know do something i've never heard from him and a lot of people were talking about how how cool that experience was and then Hefar uh, was definitely the the highlight for me it i've never seen anybody do what she did that night with Modular it was pretty amazing, and then Basic closed out the night with a real banger of a set. That guy is that guy's pretty amazing to watch perform live. Um, yeah, there's so many more performances. Oh, Chloe Rika from here in Seattle, she did an amazing set. Uh, yeah, it was just it was so it was so cool. Um, and I'm forgetting a lot of stuff here. I know that. Uh, it was cool to meet. There were a couple of you podmod bods from out of state and even out of country who came down. And that was really cool to meet all of you in person and some local podmod bods. It was nice to be able to put some faces to names that I've interacted with uh online here. And uh yeah, so if you're one of the podmod bods that I met in person for the first time there, it was so awesome to meet you. Um and speaking of podmod bods, uh Jay Ryan, he came from northern Alberta, Canada for this. Um him and his wife, Kelsey, and it was really fun to hang out with them and talk with them, and he didn't tell me that he was a skater and that he brought his skateboard. I found out because he posted a video of him skating around the Space Needle the next day, and Kyle Swisher, Dark Sparkler, tagged me and was like, hey, look, he's a skater. I was like, oh shit. So I sent him a message, and I was like, dude, we're going skating. So... (laughs) So him and Ellison from Waveform and I went to, uh, to the West Seattle skate park and skated for a few hours, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Jay, for coming down. Um, also, want to give a shout out to Corey Luna from San Francisco. He came up for it. Um, I've met him once before. He does a lot of cool stuff down in SF. He does PEET, P I Q U E D. It's a, a monthly meetup for electronic music makers. And he has his own podcast called North Beats. So check his podcast out. And uh, Corey, it was great to see you again. So the next day, uh, we had this kind of little. Um, brunch meetup thing for all the performers and manufacturers. So it's kind of a cool to be able to go and uh, talk to some of the people that you didn't get to talk to the day of, or, you know, just kind of share some of your highlights with each other. And then, um, Austin, our Benny needed a ride back to the airport, but he had a few hours. So I said, Hey, I live by the airport. Come with us. So Austin, Eli from Mystic, Hannah and I all, uh, we went for a drive around Alki beach. So, uh, So Austin could see some of the sights here in Seattle. And then we went and had a nice uh, vegan lunch. And then we came back and Austin and I were going to record kind of like a recap podcast. But we were both so exhausted. We were kind of like, I don't really feel like doing it. So we all sat on the couch in my house and watched Rick and Morty for about three hours. (laughs) And then I took them to the airport, came back. Hannah, Eli, and I ended up watching Nathan For You. Eric Andre and more Rick and Morty until about midnight. And it was just, it was such a nice like decompression hang. Uh, the next morning I took, uh, Eli back to the airport again. What an amazing house guest. What, what a cool guy. I can't wait to hang out with him again. Um, yeah, I think, that almost covers it. Oh, I got to meet up with uh, Nathan Moody a few days after Velocity to have like a nice one-on-one chat. We hung out for about an hour and a half, and it was just so cool to be able to spend some one-on-one time with somebody that I've you know, ultimately really only talked to once on the show, and then we've emailed a lot, um, but it, it was great to, to just have a nice chat with him. And then to close out the whole Velocity experience, uh, Ben Wilson, Div Kid. Uh, Kyle and Robert from Source of Uncertainty podcast and I, we all went out to dinner. Kyle made me drink. We were at this weird, like, tiki bar thing. <laughs> Kyle made me drink this thing called the zombie. It was a giant rum drink that was just gross, but I drank it, uh, cause I'm a good sport. And, uh, after that came back to the house with Ben cause I was going to give him a ride to the airport the next day. We crashed, woke up the next morning and shot a bunch of video and, um, it was so cool I've always said to have, you know, the experience of watching someone else patch on your system is a really good learning experience for you to, you know, kind of think outside of the box and uh, refresh the way you think about synthesizing on your own system. And when that person is Divkid, it's it's pretty amazing. It's kind of a humble brag, but it was, uh, it was so cool, we were sitting here for hours just patching stuff, did some patch challenges, there'll be video of that on his page soon. Um, but after I dropped him off, I just came right back to the house and I ended up making this patch and it was unlike anything I've ever made as far as like the technique. And it, it was, I don't know. I was, I was just kind of like rejuvenated and, and inspired. Uh, and that the video of that is actually on uh, YouTube or on the Patreon page if you want to check that out. Um, so I think that pretty much covers my velocity recap. Um, thank you for dealing with a 15 minute intro. Uh, I just I had a lot to say about it, obviously. Um, anybody that I forgot to mention and thank, um, thank you. It was, it was an overwhelming day. Uh, yeah. And one more time, Bradley Millington, Josh Lim, Cindy Reichel, and Tom Butcher. Thank you all for making this happen, and uh, I hope we can do it again next year.
1: So up, up next, we got a very special guest. Uh, Tim Held, you might know him from a very popular podcast called The Podular Modcast say that five times fast Um, about a year and a half ago I think was the first episode I did get confirmation and it was really special because Cindy who is the owner of Patchworks was the first guest so I feel like we've come a long way in a year and a half so that's pretty special so he's going to pull up some of the artists and we're just going to have a little chat so thanks for sticking around
0: How's it going, guys? Before we start, I have two things I want to say. I demand that R. Benny and Ann Annie start a super group called R. Annie. Who's with me? Okay. <laughs> and secondly, I just want to thank everybody who's made this possible. This has uh, been a real dream come true. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah blown my mind how many people are out here in the support of the community. So, yeah, one more time for uh, Modular Seattle and Patchworks and everybody helping them. And now without further ado, I'm running out of things to say because I make up everything I say every day as I go. Um, I'm gonna bring up Ben Divkid-Wilson all the way from England. you want me here? I think, I don't know. Do you wanna, do you wanna bookend him? make them feel trapped. So how are you doing, Ben?
2: Good. Um, I I'd, I'd don't want to hijack the thing, but a really quick thank you. Um, when I started making videos five, six years ago, it was purely to document this awesome little weird thing that was going on. No one was really doing it. There were a handful of videos. There weren't any podcasts. The podcast I did was never actually a podcast, <laughs> stupidly. Um, Tim's taken the It rain. worked
0: out for me. Yeah, you're, you're flying Thank you. the flag
2: for the podcast. <laughs> um, and it's developed into this. And these little scenes are emerging around the world and having people as kind of forward-thinking and as supportive as people involved with Velocity willing to get people in to help me get out here to come and cover the event. Tim and Hannah for setting up the little div den that I slept in the other (laughs) night. Um, It's an amazing thing and it shouldn't be kind of missed or this scene's really emerging in Seattle. It's bubbling over way more than certainly the UK, I I think. And it feels like everyone's mobile and ready to go and support each other way more than kind of anywhere else I've been for Modular. So don't kind of skip on what you've got here. It feels like a really special thing with people such as Tim at the, at the far from.
0: Well, and uh, yeah, it just makes us really, really good to have someone like yourself come out and be so supportive. So that was uh, um, the PA, PA system was telling me to stop the self-congratulations. So should we bring up our guests? We should. So I'm really, really excited to bring up three amazing guests, and I'm sure you all know them by name. Um, we've got Banna Hefar, Basic, and Anna Annie. That one's out again? Okay. Me and Ben can share a mic. Hey, ben, I didn't say hi to you
1: yet. Hi.
2: Hello? Um, Good to see you.
0: Any podmod bods here? Like like straight up, up. podmod bods? You know who don't be too loud.
1: <laughs> when did you get the t shirts? Can I can I get a T shirt?
0: Yeah, in the merch room over here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do I have
0: to buy one? Um, it's not a, if if it's up to me, no. But um, Who came here from out of state? Sweet. Thank you for coming. Out of country? All right. Right on. Well, it's very nice to out have of you planet? guys here. It's still not on?
1: Yeah, you came out of planet. <laughs>
0: is that thing working?
1: This is on, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So, Ben and I briefly discussed what we wanted to do here. One thing that I see a lot is people asking questions on what what module should I get? You know, I, or does this, mod, you know, like, they're very specific about what, like, brand or type of module. I think a more useful question is, like, what do you guys look for in a module? Um, let's just go, let's, let's restrict it to voice right now, because it's, a, you know, it's a wild wide world, and what do you look for in a module, um, studio versus live? You know, what kind of control or...
1: Um, so what what do we look for in a, in a module? Yeah, so if you're
0: looking... Okay. For, I'm trying to make it very vague, but also, like, not... What module do you want? Because I see that question so much. What module should I get? So I think the more useful question um, and why we have you guys here would be... Um, ben, help me out. I'm losing I'm losing my steam here.
2: <laughs> it was very vague when we... It was spoke. very
0: vague. <laughs> I thought it would happen a lot better as I
2: started saying it. It was vague when I spoke about it with you, too, so...
0: I know. I was just trying to reword what you said. But...
2: We're, you know, a book, we're a book-ended mess of vagueness <laughs> <laughs> no the general idea was what do you really look for as an artist and a performer or as a studio tool that really lets you get your voice out is it a certain type of processing is it an interactive thing is it modulation do you want to step away because it's generative more about approach Derek's finger drumming for example hmm? you need something to play yeah then you know a specific <laughs> module <laughs> Maybe go with that. What what do you look for in a system, in an instrument?
3: Well, first, of course, it's gonna be the sound, you know? Mm -hmm. So something that really grabs me. Piston Honda, MK3, Manther Growl, and Morphogene. you know? Those are like, one is beefy analog, one is cyborg digital, and the other one is just like ripping apart samples. I could do a lot with those. Um, and then from there, it's just what type of hands-on control. I grew up a turntablist, so that is scratching records and, and going off, hitting switches. So then I try and figure out something um, within that sound, how I could bend it in a gestural way.
1: Um, I don't know. I think for me, my uh, that's that's a difficult question because it's kind of a shifting target, and mm-hmm. it kind of really depends on what I'm doing. Um, I also haven 't bought anything new maybe in about two years or something i i, I don 't really buy mm-hmm. stuff i 'm um, just trying to use use what I have and uh, but I think now like in this particular moment in time, I am gravitating towards the morphogene a lot because it's uh kind of allowing me to make all my sounds using as many modules as I need um, and then when it comes to performing live, I can just focus on um, on on Really like listening to the patch versus being kind of in my head and mm-hmm. really focusing on making the sounds from scratch and kind of running it, it uh, just allow, it it frees me up to listen more if that makes sense it does but, yeah, but it, it is a shifting target i mean that mm-hmm. that that changes every every couple of months
0: okay yeah
4: yeah so i I just buy whatever modules like on the cloud market, basically whatever's <laughs> the most popular i'm no, just kidding um i don't it, it's really it's kind of. I'm super impulsive and I'll see something and I'll be like, okay, this looks sick. No idea what it does. I'm gonna listen to it and then probably still enjoy it even if it's terrible. Um, <laughs> so it's it's really, for me, it's like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's like, generally it's based upon sound. Um, and like, more of a, I always go for modules that have more of a performance aspect to them. Uh, Cause I like to play, I like to interact with the instrument. Uh, I really like to, even if I'm recording, have the feeling of, okay, I'm playing live, like this is a performance, like I'm gonna do everything live, there's no like multi-tracking, there's no any of that, it's all just like, what is live, what's right there? And I really like one knob per function, and very simple, <laughs> just not like, yeah. Menu diving stuff, I, it's like, nah. I, I can do that on my computer, I don't need to do that. My brain is already too overwhelmed, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Good answers. Um, Well, yeah, it's just like it's so weird to see it. Like, when people get enthusiastic about this, there's like this, um, there's almost like a collector's aspect to it when you first get in it, and there's like a fever pitch to it, you know? So, like, I think a lot of people end up getting too big of a system too fast. And this is another general question, but I'd be interested to see all the different answers is like, what is the perfect size system for a live performance for you guys?
1: Again, a shifting target, yeah. but uh, no, totally. <laughs> when I first started, I got way too much stuff. I also had more money then, but mm. uh, and I don't anymore, so my <laughs> system is shrinking because I'm selling shit also. <laughs> but um, it really... Uh, yeah, I think now I'm kind of moving towards a smaller a smaller system, so I just use two two rows. Um, also, for practicality's sake, if you're traveling and touring with, like, a big, mm-hmm. you know, like those old enclaves for four rows, like, good luck running yeah. to train stations <laughs> with those things. So also, just, just for my back's sake, uh-huh. I've kind of <laughs> pared it down to just the Make Noise uh, CV bus case, and two rows is, is plenty. And, you know, as you... Uh, as you shrink your system, you, you start patching and more creative, and um, uh, you just become like pickier with the with the with the modules mm-hmm.
0: and um... forces you get to, to get to know it more. I think I think I I had twelve u for a while, like you know a year into being you know into modular, and I found myself not being able to make anything that I really liked, and I I, I would get kind of stressed out, even like at my kitchen table making something that was just for me. I'd find myself kind of being like, I have no idea what to do. Um, but then it's like an equal stress of you know, stripping it down, because you always think, I need way more stuff. But yeah, I think as somebody who's just about at the two year mark, um, I'm just now getting to where I feel like I could pull off like something that I would be OK with making people listen to for 20 minutes in like a seven year <laughs> case. Also,
1: when, when you play live, I think you want to make it easier for yourself, because it's stressful enough to totally. make sure everything is working. and. If you have a big case, you're just adding. I mean, for me at least, it just adds more stress. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying a smaller case. Just, yeah, just yeah. streamline the process.
0: Well, Derek, sometimes I'll see videos of you on Instagram, and it's just like a wall of sh- like a wall of modules. But like for so performing live, what do you usually work with or prefer?
3: Uh, well, even like having a wall of stuff, I like to try and juice each module as much as I can, and just really you know, throw it through the ringer and um, put it, yeah, just just get the most out of it. Um, So even a lot of those videos, it's just like, sometimes I only focus on one sound source and throw a lot of control voltage into it. Like I don't know if some of you here have seen where I like to take one oscillator and then um, I take a mixer and I run like an envelope into that mixer, a pitch sequence noise and i try and create like a full beat just out of that one oscillator so there's a lot of um times that or every oscillator i get or any sound source i try and do that with it because then the whole character of this beat that you're making sometimes if you just mess with one knob it's going to change up your kick your snare in, in a really alien way and i come from like this this tripped out like Atecker's school of sound where everything is just morphing and, um, what was the question? (laughs) That's
0: a really good answer.
3: Oh, Um, oh, it was about, like, um, stripping it down. So sometimes when I play live, I was going off, I was bringing, like, different drum brains and, you know, three rows of modular and there's a lot of stuff to keep track of. So in that same sense of, um, juicing one, one small module, um, I, I played wasn't it that, that make noise um, thing last year? I think I, I played with the skiff. It was like a couple um, small Pico drums, the morphogene herb verb and a Misteron. and it was like a, a 40 minute set. I think it was like a mosh pit. everyone was going wild, <laughs> and I was kind of tripping myself out because it, it was all freestyle. I, I think I was even putting the sampl- uh, the samples into the morphogene like through my phone like. 30 minutes before I was about to play you know I was like damn what sounds good you know let's get some waves in there let's like let's look up some like old Roland d50 patches you know throw that in there just like whatever it was so wild style um so uh, yeah when I play live I like to kind of excite myself and always like have that sense of uh, just chaos and shake things up but yeah sometimes a skiff you could just pull a lot out of it just like Ben was saying you know
0: and I think just kind of to comp- like compound what you guys were saying, like if, you s- if you spend more time with, with your system with, with less things, yeah. you can be in a situation that you were just in or just describing where 30 minutes before, you could do that. Yeah. If you weren't skilled with your gear or you're you know, like, comfortable with what you had, and you had to build a set thirty minutes before. You know you'd be shitting your pants. So you know I think it's just
3: like a um, yeah. That's oh yeah. What those I'm actually gonna do that too later on. It's <laughs> like I gotta run back to the Airbnb, take a nap, and then um, load up my sample modules and try and create something. So hopefully you're around for that later. <laughs>
0: Um, and Eli I know the answer kind of I know we kind of lost the thread of the question but you pretty much everybody kind of knows your iconic reddish pink case and you don't seem to really move too much out of that aside from like maybe some rolling some tape around a room or something but
4: yeah I am I ha- I'm super poor and um, so I can't <laughs> buy another case <laughs> um, uh, I also started out one I just talked about this in my workshop but I just I bought one module every like three months so I was like Holy hell! I'm gonna learn how to use this module to the maximum freaking extent. Juice and, it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I think having a big case is like so overwhelming, and you can't you can't get at and you can't get the full extent out of it. Um, and I performing live with modular is extremely stressful. There's so many moving parts to it, and it's like having a smaller case is definitely a good thing. I think um, I would love to. I used to have a little forty-two HP case. Uh, somebody took from me, but um, I would love that back. And, uh, so give it back. If you're out there, yeah, if you're out there, and if, 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 if you see somebody podcast, running like, with I'll, it. I'll, I'll take that back. It's nice. You can come to Seattle and bring that to me now. Well,
3: well, I guess that's why that's dope. with people online, you know, through social media, we're doing like three module challenge. You know, it's the same thing of just like let's see three modules and just really try and freak yeah. it.
4: And you can get some really rad stuff out of out of. Modules they, I mean, they they're, they're, they're so versatile, and, and like any module is super versatile. you can pull anything out of it. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. if you just yeah, experiment
1: I, I, I think of each module as its own universe, you, know, and you can spend a lot of time. And, and in re- that
0: thread, like to anybody who's starting out or kind of like relatively new, who when I first started, I had 84 HP3U and I had, didn't have it full, and I actually recorded quite a bit of stuff, and I went back and listened to it not long, that long ago. And some of it was actually, like, I was really happy with. And I actually put it on, like, Bandcamp. It was, like, this was really cool. But at the time, all I could think was, man, I can't wait till I have more, because I'm going to be able to make something ten times better. And that just, it didn't happen. Like, it's, it. so there's, anybody listening, seriously, I know there's the collector, <laughs> there's the fever, you want the, you know, the new this and that, but... Um, like Banna just said, they are a universe and getting to know I mean, I'm giving you advice that I still need to like fully take. So like, you know, this is helping me also wrap my head around it.
3: You know how it feels sometimes of having tons of different modules and just keep on getting more and more to me it reminded me of um... When you have like a birthday party and you get all these friends from different areas like yo, those are my work homies. Those are the people that I do donuts with at the river, drive it like you stole it. These are those friends from over here and and all that together, it just like it's so you know what I mean? You don't know yeah. where to put the energy. You, you, Dude. You, you, you don't know where to put the energy, you know? Totally. And it's just like, this thing works like that. Sometimes you just want to strip it down and be like, I'm only going to like hang with this group or whatever. You when know? you
0: bring your hometown friends that you
3: grew up with <laughs> yeah, to yeah. be <laughs> your college friends, so you're like, you guys are going to love each other. And then there's
0: a bloody nose by the end of the night, and you're like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah, I see. It like.
3: I mean, I think in music, that's good. It was yeah. that, that crazy, but... <laughs> Ben, There's
1: something? also no, no right or wrong. I feel like you know, true, yeah. maybe some people do make amazing stuff with giant systems. I mean, it's so personal. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard Who knows? to give advice. We
3: don't know nothing. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, this idea of slimming down and really kind of rinsing the tools, how long was it, and same to you as well, Tim, to everyone, before you felt comfortable to do that? You get this big system, you slim down. It's a very common path that many of us have, have taken with modular. How long was that process? It's a question I get a lot that people say, yeah, I get it, I'm trying to do this thing with a small case and it's just not gelling. How much time and energy do you put into really learning that instrument?
0: It's been two years for me. Like right now, Mark's like almost exactly two years I've been doing it and I'm just feeling comfortable. Like I said, if I had to play a set tonight with my 7U case, so if I had a couple hours, I'd feel like I could do it and, and feel pretty good about what I was gonna play.
2: And the reason I ask is, I think there's an illusion with modular because it instantly kind of sounds good. It only takes a few <laughs> cables and you're like, fuck, this is it. But it's not, but that doesn't last very long. And you pick up another instrument, some instruments take ages to get a single sounding good note. And I think there's an illusion with modular because it gives us this awesome sound so easily sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're kind of mystified by the idea that we're there, and I think people, myself included, you butt up against these walls and you can't move past. So it'd be good to go down the line and yeah, how long and how much time do you put into really learning these things? Or how long did it take until you felt comfortable to just put a new module in and really dive in?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's hard to quantify that. It's—I uh, mean, i have playing. I've been playing modular for just over four years now, and and I still don't really feel comfortable with the instrument. It's—it's it's, uh, <laughs> no, really. I mean, it's you know, I've, um, whenever I think I'm comfortable with it, you know, it kind of kicks my ass again. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. And I mean, I I try and dedicate as much time as I as I can because there's so many there's so many options and so many permutations of a patch and combinations of things that it's I mean it's totally infinite and also you know it also depends on what you're kind of ingesting outside of music and that affects uh, for me that affects my perception of the instrument and it's I don't know it's 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 really hard to quantify but
2: uh, and is that endless learning half of the appeal it kind of is for me the fact I keep coming up against these walls I never feel like I've nailed it
1: and it, and, it, and it never ends, and it never will end, and, and that's not the point, yeah.
2: Yeah, same question to yourselves.
3: Sometimes I just want to stop learning, you know what I mean? It's like, cause like a, gu- a guitar player, every time, you know, you don't need to buy another guitar and learn how to use it every single time, so everybody here is all nuts. <laughs> No, straight up, you're <laughs> yeah, like, hey, yeah. I got a sampler, uh-huh. but like, I gotta learn how to use this sampler. And, um, no, that is super fun. I feel like actually uh, modular like expanded my brain tons. You know, like I'm, I never went to school really and um, didn't do homework, all that stuff gave me crazy anxiety. I never. Um, like reading manuals at first, I was like, damn, I can't do this modular stuff. This is so wacky. You want me to just kick it here and read for like half a day and figure this thing out? Nah, this is not for me at (laughs) all. But, you know, within that, um, then I have a piece and I want to go dig, uh, I want to dig deeper into it. And I'm just like, all right, there's something in there and I know I could uncover more magic and that just um, got the brain working in a way that it just felt like my brain capacity. You know, it's like a lot of the old stuff Okay, this is kind of funny. I always like prided myself on having a really good memory. Like I can remember everyone's name, you know, people that I met from shows like 15 years ago and stuff. And I feel like modular did like this defragging where (laughs) where a lot of the old stuff was just like, boom, we're making room now for just like all this information of all these crazy little mini computers that you have everywhere, you know? because this stuff is intense
0: (laughs) it does rewire your brain like the whole reason i wanted to get into it was to basically just build samples to cut up in my daw and i just yeah two years later what's up yeah exactly i don't exactly i don't do that so it it totally it totally shakes it up eli did you have anything to add on that front
4: yeah definitely on along the lines of, of what Derek was saying um I my brain is like in 90 million places at once and like modular kind of actually like complements that a lot because it's literally 90 things happening at once going 2 million miles an hour and you can't keep up with it and like I thrive in that situation where I'm like oh my god I'm about to fuck up and it's like this constant like you're standing on a knife and you're just like okay <laughs> fuck this um, but it's like it's super exciting it's kind of scary um And it's, like, it breeds, for me, it breeds creativity to the maximum extent when my brain is, like, hardly able to keep up with what I'm actually doing, and it's, like, oh, this is sick. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on either, which is super cool. And half the time, I'm, like, yep, no idea what happened there, but (laughs) I dig that. It's pretty cool. It's so,
3: yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, don't, like, you all think that it made you... Think in ways different that you could process information different. So if you're talking to someone that does a completely different art form, like since we're patching, we're like, this goes here, then it goes there, just like the critical way of thinking that this goes to the next thing. I was like talking to some scientists on the plane about some experiments and like my brain was like, okay, then what happens next, what happens next? And I feel like years ago, that would have never happened. Yeah, you know? But very, now our like, brains are just working a million miles per hour, you know. That, it's very order of operations. Yeah. <laughs> so like you can break things down, like you were just saying like whatever it is.
0: I feel like being into modular will train your brain to just kind of break, okay, what is this process and what is the order? that, you know, of, of the different things that go into it. So.
1: Also, there's, there's the practice of listening. Yeah. You know, kind of like what Derek said. Like, at a point, you want to just put, put, put the manual down and put a certain side of your brain down and just kind of focus on focus on the sound mm-hmm. and, 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 like, learn how to listen to
3: the patch. Oh, wait, I one cut cut. Uh-oh. Yeah, hello? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> just
1: learn how to listen to the patch, and I find that the bigger the system, the less I'm able to listen because I'm so focused on just running the patch, so... Like, the practice of listening is just as important as learning the gear. Um, And that's ongoing, I think, for all of us.
3: Well, I guess, like, I'm just going to go off, if y'all let me, but which, which is the thing of, like, talking about how I didn't get down with school or anything, which events like this, they feel so beautiful, because all the minds in here that I just have so many ideas and so many thoughts that when you talk to a lot of the engineers here, they're just like, Yeah, whatever, we didn't go to school either, but they were so interested in something about the sound or the way the electronics work that this just fueled us like to all be here in this room, you know? Um I think it's great going to these types of events where I talk to a lot of people that make the stuff that, that I think is super dope. And I'm just like, how did you get into this? And they're like, well, I went to a rave, <laughs> and then, like, I heard this sound that just really caught me, and basically i just been, like, chasing that sound. And here I am, someone that never went to school, they're like, now I'm making this instrument, you know, and I'm trying to get that sound from that specific thing, and that's just the way this stuff makes your... It expands, you know, your knowledge of of what you want, and that's kind of the same thing. Like I didn't want to read that manual, but okay, I read it and I really dove in, and that's probably how they felt. Like they didn't really want to have to make an instrument, (laughs) but but something just called them, you know. Hello.
1: Um,
0: I think the batteries are dying. Yeah. Um, Wireless technology,
5: 2019. (laughs) <laughs> it is I, Abe from AI Synthesis. Baxter Kitty and I have hijacked this podcast. I have all the power. I can noodle on my roads or send you secret details, which I will do now. I want to tell you about the AI 08 Matrix Mixer, available at AISynthesis.com and other fine retailers. <laughs> Feed effects into themselves to create drones. Feed an LFO into itself, making it sound like a robot. And now, a future module modulating itself... The matrix mixer facilitates all of these go to ai synthesis.com to learn more
0: have you ever looked into a river and seen the face of god well neither have i but i have gone to need woodworks.com and seen some very very lovely euro cases fine pieces of furniture handmade no one is the same as the last and mine's going to be showing up soon and I can't wait to show you pictures of it. Um please go to needhimwoodworks.com to learn more about these amazing cases. Also go check out patchworks.com, it's our local synth shop here in Seattle. You can buy all sorts of cool stuff there. Um P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Also, this song that you hear playing, you've probably heard it a few times in the last few weeks. I've been using it a lot for ads and stuff. Um, It is one of four songs. I actually played all of them in the intro. Um, It's a new EP that I released, but it's old music. It's the last thing I ever did before I got into modular. Um, And because my first actual modular album is going to be coming out in... Uh, A few weeks to a month Uh, I figured it'd be kind of cool to release my uh, the last thing I did before I got into it so please go to uh, PodularModcast.Bandcamp.com to uh, check it out thank you let's get back into this live episode well, I think, you know, you, something that I've, I've, I've picked up, I've talked to a lot of people over the last year and a half, a lot of makers, and I've been, one of the biggest surprises I've found is how many didn't go to school for electrical engineering. There are a lot who did, but I think it's that blend, like having a lot of like electrical engineers who know their shit and how to write, you know, and then people who are just kind of like, they started just hacking stuff and they figured it out. I think that is maybe why there's such um, a wide palette of stuff to use out there in the world of manufacturers and there's different stuff you can use.
2: I think at some point you just need to let go. And we probably don't help feeding the kind of the continual learning thing. I'm, I'm very much about that a lot of the time. But it's like you, you learn a certain amount, you just got to try and express yourself at some point. You know, we probably all grew up, you know, guitar players. I was certainly one of those guitar players, just so focused in technique. I didn't do anything for a long time. And it was only when, like you said, you just switched that off and just go, right, enough. The kind of brain is full. I'm going to try and play this thing now. And I feel like that's when it all comes out.
4: Yeah, on that, I think it's... um, There's a certain aspect to modular that's like, yeah, there's manuals and there's YouTube videos. Probably won't be super useful at all because once you actually get down to it it's like wait this is so different actually um and like I love learning like that I love being thrown into it all and like all right here you go good luck and it's like that is super exciting to me when I'm like okay I can experiment I can fuck up so many times and like that's how I'm gonna learn like that's how I'm gonna figure out how to use this stuff and like even going looking at somebody else's rack sometimes I'll be like I feel like I'm learning modular all over again this is ridiculous and it's but it, it breeds this limitation. I mean, the classic saying, limitation breeds creativity. And it's a huge limitation not to have any like standards, I guess, or like written stuff. But it's just, like, no, just do whatever you're going to do. You, you know, some, along the lines of that, something I, I learned recently
0: is um, if you have somebody else patch your system, you'll learn so much about your system if you just watch them do it. It's, it's really weird. You wouldn't think it would be that
3: useful. but. I'll just, make, I'll just do a kick drum on anyone's system. I'm like, damn, this system's amazing. <laughs> Poof, gabber kick.
1: <laughs> That's
3: all you need. That's <laughs> all you need.
0: Ben, did you have uh, anything that you wanted to add to your own question that you asked us? Because Ben played a set the other night that he pulled so many sounds and so many different vignettes out of you know a relatively small case. Um, me and Michael from Bleeps and Loops were sitting there looking at each other like... Another one? How the hell is he pulling another one out? And then my wife, who doesn't play synth at all, she leans over to us kind of like, you you guys, you dummies, he's just using a couple at a time. And we're like,
2: oh. She called it. (laughs) She totally. (laughs) Good job, Hannah. (laughs) Nailed it in one. The workshop earlier was about that, just trying to let go. We get so, I mean, again, sorry if I don't help with the videos with this kind of thing, but we get so caught up in this that I let go of so many things. I didn't make any melodic choices in the sequencing. I was doing it on the quantizer, but letting the tools speak and collaborating with the machine, as kind of corny as that sounds, and letting it breathe and be reactive. And the patches were really just trying to set up circumstances that I felt comfortable that could happen. So Mm -hmm. I could be reactive and improvise and respond. And so when you do that, do you know what order you're going in or do you know that you're no. going to use everyone, but you kind of know what each one
0: is and that you just got them, you got them in the queue should you need them or want to call them up at a, at a certain time or something? The or?
2: comfort zone was that I had a DJ-style queuing system and some headphones. So if I knew I wanted to go from one to the other, I could quickly put a headphone on, tune it, and go. It was all sharing a clock. It couldn't really be that bad. Mm-hmm. And if it was, then cool, let's talk about it. I'm open to it being bad, <laughs> yeah
1: i've I've actually stopped auditioning sounds. I used to do that, and then it w- mm-hmm. it would just stress me out so now i I'll just bring sounds in live. like ready or not you know and alive? yeah yeah I, I, yeah when I play live and um a lot of times like it's a kind of a train wreck at first, but mm-hmm. then you just wrangle it in through the p a in front of everyone, and it's kind of like uh, it's kind of exciting. You know?
0: If it's a big <laughs> it's enough train wreck, too, and you wrangle it in just the right way, then yeah. it becomes the best moment of the set, Yeah, because too. hearing
1: that, I think, as an audience member, just like hearing this chaotic mass mm-hmm. just slowly being wrangled in is, um, I don't know. I, it's I intriguing it's kind of as cool, an audience yeah.
0: member, and I try to do that in almost every performance I ever, you know that I do and I think I've done it successfully once, but that time that I did it
4: once felt really good. Yeah.
0: So you gotta just keep going
4: for it. Doesn't it, always but, work though. Yeah, so that's no, the it risk. mostly I mean. doesn't for me. <laughs> yeah, I think um along the lines of that my my train of thought is about to fall off. Um <laughs> Here we go. Um, So sorry. Watching for it. It ended. Oh, no, okay. Yes, here we go. Um, I I think there's a part of performing modular and, like, bringing in live sounds where you're like, uh-oh, here we go. That's, like, you're almost part of the audience. And, like, there's been so many times when I'll, like, be like, uh-oh, okay. And then, like, this crazy thing happens. And, like, whoa, that was sick. And, like, everyone's like, damn, that was cool. And I kind of feel like part of the audience at that point. And it's super cool. It's, like, a really refreshing way to play music. It's always exciting. Always something gonna
3: happen that you
1: have no idea about and it's super cool. You're just on the on the on the precipice of a yeah. train wreck.
3: Yeah. That's how I get yeah, down too. That's why
1: we keep doing it.
3: I always just flow and I'm like, damn that's annoying. You think that's annoying? I think it's annoying too. <laughs> damn that feels better. Because it's all just frequency. You know that one's piercing you and you tone it, then you go low and it's a big system. And it's like Mm-hmm. When you're like, all right, that feels good. So. Well, and
0: that's, yeah, and it, kind of go back to what Banna was just talking about, of like wrangling in a train wreck, if you, that builds tension, too. So if you can build something for, like, if you can just make it to where about two seconds before somebody was going to walk out the room and then turn it into something cool, like, then, <laughs> then bring them right back in there. Get out of here. Come back. Get out
2: of here. My excuse for the queuing, and... Call it an excuse. You can call me on it, and maybe not daring enough. With that of long effects trail. So we spoke about, and again in the workshop earlier, this huge effects trail was the instrument, and I felt like, and maybe it's not daring enough as an artist that I do something wrong. It's going to last for minutes. Like I can't go,
1: because
2: it's going to keep going for a damn long time, and that's why it was there. But I think as like you know, you learn the case, you learn the instrument off. Just feel artistically comfortable, not necessarily manual learning. That, that could probably disappear yeah, that sounds stressful. I don't want that long of effects I, don't,
0: I, can, I couldn't handle that uh, stress um, so another generic question I'm kind of doing generic questions on purpose though um, because I think the okay. point
3: on purpose
0: well, I think it's useful <laughs> <laughs> I think it is useful to show that even when you have because you guys are all like, everybody sans me on stage is very well known for how well that you know they, well they can perform live and, and just perform on this instrument. And I always see so many general questions. And like Banna has said to every question, it's, it's all a moving target, you know? And it's all like, um, I was going to try and end on this point. I just buried the lead. So let me, after I told you I didn't want to, that I think uh, general questions are useless, let me ask you one. Um, Effects versus control voltage. What is, or like, yeah, just control. What do, you, what do you get more use out of in a live set? Like, what do you, do you lean on one more than the other, or is this again a moving target?
1: Effects versus modulation sources? Yeah, modulation
0: sources. Yeah, like to, like to just, b- to give character, how much, like, I, I found when I first started, I leaned mm-hmm. really heavily and still do to an extent on delay and reverb. Yeah. And I would, I wouldn't have, like, I would be, I feel like if you, if I take the, the delay and reverb out of my, my case, then what I usually make doesn't sound as good. It's not something that I'd want to present. So, is there, like, when you're building a, when you're building a patch, it, are the the effects kind of like at the end, or are you using them to kind of go for the sound that you're looking for? Um,
1: again, it depends on the patch. <laughs> but um, something that Derek taught me it's like you know drive it like you stole it kind of thing and i'm i'm trying to like embody that so and and be very bold with my use of effects so you know um, i'll kind of put them in in different points in the patch and i don't know effects over modulation sources i, I mean i use them both equally right, yeah, yeah. in different ways mm-hmm. but um, i guess i'm 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 trying to be more like bold with my use of effects okay. instead of just like just keeping a reverb on indefinitely, like, mm-hmm. with one setting. Like, kind of, like, using it as a... as a rhythmic effect in time or doing very extreme kind of ducking or,
4: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah.
0: How
3: about you guys with that awesome generic question? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I a lot of times I just use my effects like it's an instrument um, and just to mess, like with my perception, I think in the audience, like I take a reverb that can get really metallic and, you know, for some reason, every time I talk about playing live, it's all about like, I get comfortable, then I want to just smash that. It's like, make something that you're feeling good with, smash it and just like keep doing that over and over. So with reverb, of course, like reverb is um, like mimicking, you know, the room. Um, so I, I like, you know, pulling reverbs in just like crazy ways, you know, it's like, you're feeling like you're out in space, then, like, boom, you're back here again. And just, I just, yeah, I, I use the effects in wild ways. Yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> 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 just, and also just randomize everything. Put, like, one random module, molt it, throw it to everything. And Sometimes you could just hit that and just freak out the whole system and bring it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
1: don't have a random module in this case. This is really? the first time ever... I think I forgot actually, which is <laughs> I don't I don't have a stepped random.
0: Shit, I just
1: I just thought about shit.
0: <laughs> we need somebody find her a woggle bug, please.
4: <laughs> Eli, how about you? Um I accidentally one time broke my effect chain and all of it went from wet to dry in zero seconds. And I was like, Oh wait, that was actually sick. I really like that. Um, so now I kind of use effects similar as like extreme effects, and it's like also I don't, and I like lean on it when I'm like, uh oh, where am I going with this? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's more just like in the moment. It's like maybe this would be a better time to use effects so I can get something else going, or or not even just like I'm feeling like a little bit of reverb. Yeah, um, and it is I think. Yeah. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the reason I was, I, I know like you use control
0: voltage and effects and they're totally different things, but I think the reason I'm framing it that way is because I feel like, like if we were just talking, I'm feeling just now comfortable where I could play a live set. But now, like we're talking about effects, if you if you were to tell me, you know, you have to play a live set with no delay and no, and no reverb, I still feel like I would feel uncomfortable with that. And knowing that, makes me like, you know, I need to I need to step up my game and maybe take out maybe take my effects out for a while and try to get to know my my case even
3: more. So I don't think that's something that really um you know, like if you're making these lush sounds, you know, it's like you, you need that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, it's I, like I, it's I it's personally
1: like, don't want to live in a in a world without delay. And it's like you know, it's just
3: <laughs> So it's like let's make super extreme harsh music but Take away the the pieces that make it harsh, you know.
0: Well, so. if I have Bannon and basics uh, like approval to not like take my reverb delay, I just can't there's, no <laughs> yeah.
3: there's,
1: there's no like rules. There's no rules. delay is like sriracha. It's <laughs>
2: but the effects themselves can become the instrument as you said you might have a big reverb but you're ducking it you're ragging it around and the effects don't have to be the end of the chain it's a really easy thing to think from a production standpoint or guitar player i put the ambience on the end put the reverb after the oscillator smush the thing up downstream and then chop it up later on put the distortion after the reverb whatever
3: (laughs) heavy yeah how are we doing on time yeah, we're going to take any questions or anything? How yeah, is, how's uh, this flowing?
0: Uh, what's that? 45, 45 minutes left?
5: <laughs> I was going to say, I can't do that
0: to these guys. Yeah, we could, um, we could take some, uh, some li- ooh, sweet. I didn't even finish the sentence, and we have hands raised. Um, I th- saw you first. Well, you guys are all talking about effects.
3: anyone the uh, chance to keep
2: diving the mimeophone? talking like about Oh, that's dope. The question is, thing. has anybody
0: on stage uh, had a chance to mess
3: around with the phone?
2: I've been sleeping in the warm cuddle of the mimeophone phone for a while.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Really nice. Yeah, anything like that that has reverb and delay. You know, you put. That's all you need, and it just (laughs) opens up a huge world. Yeah, I haven't messed with it much because I just literally do that and just kick it and just chill for a minute. Just meditate, breathe, just like. But going back though, you know, talking about modular, how good it sounds, you know, sometimes we forget because this stuff is beautiful. And sometimes you don't have to do that much. And then people that don't use this gear, they come over and they're like, dang, you're not recording all of this. And you're like, what? I just like turned things on and that's what it is. So I think it's like it's good to like pull in other musicians too and other people that, that are working in other zones to um, to get inside yours and just like see what they really vibe off of, because I was just making stuff all the time and just like, okay, I made the best patch ever, and now I'm pulling it, and you know we all know that. That speaks to the rewiring
0: of the brain thing yeah, we're talking yeah. about, because like before I got into modular, I recorded if it sounded even remotely cool to me, I recorded it, yeah. and now I very rarely record <laughs> it.
3: So. Yeah, that, that's that's a good one though. You know,
0: I really like that one. Banner with the mimo you're pretty close um, to it. So.
1: I tested the prototype, but I haven't I haven't played with like the final version yet. Yeah,
2: soon. I was just going to say, as much as I love and I've, I've formed a career that I have to use these tools in this way to feed my baby, uh, <laughs> I think it's more important to not just dive into individual modules too much. I tend to be more creative when I'm thinking about what the outcome is that I want. So if I need distortion... I'm thinking about what style of distortion. It's not, I need this specific module. If I need a delay, I need a wash, I need a reverb. It's trying to think outside of the indu- individual units and think about what the tool gives me. And that came from some, some great engineers telling me that with mastering and things like that, it's, do I need, it's not which specific thing you need every single time. And it's so easy to get caught up in that. And I'm very much a big part of that. When I'm making demo videos for this stuff, it makes every one thing look like that's the thing to have but thinking more broadly tends to be more creative for me. Anybody else have anything and, to say? on And, and by say?
1: feeding your baby, you mean like your system, or you actually have a baby?
2: Uh, no, said, I've, I have a little baby. girl. Okay. okay. <laughs> But also speaking to the small system thing, we can't all go to small system because then the manufacturers will disappear and we'll all be very upset. <laughs> yeah. So if we can just keep the wave of big system, small system going, and then all these cool and creative people can keep continuing to do what they do, then we're in a good place. Yeah, go, go buy some modules on that note.
0: Um, your question? So the question is, if I'm understanding right, like what are you what are you kind of looking forward to or hoping is coming out as far as um, just different types of sounds and control in modules, like the future of what's to come.
4: What yeah, what's missing? Um, I think it would be honestly, it's more for me. It's the accessibility of modular that is. It's not really what's coming out of it. It's how we interact with it and how people who aren't super into it already, interact with it. Because it's becoming this bigger thing. But it also has this in- insane price point, and like, there's no, the tutorials are coming up, but they're still really not extremely helpful sometimes. Or there's just yeah, not bad. that many of them. Um, so it's it's more about the accessibility that I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, cheaper modules. Um, in a way that people can understand that don't know what VCF means or don't really want to know what that means, and it's the accessibility. How about you guys?
1: I don't know. I think there are modules that do everything now. Yeah. And I I think it's just a matter of just like picking your battles and, and just sticking to a system and um, maximizing what what you have. I mean, I'm not currently in the market for buying anything new. I'm just... I'm just trying to learn learn what I have already, and I feel like if you if you have a clear vision of what you want to make, you should be able to make that with whatever system.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, on to the next question, Kevin.
3: So, uh,
5: you're all
4: very experienced in modular. I've been doing it for about four years. One of the things I miss from when I was first getting started was the batshit crazy sounds I would get when I was patching balls. Uh Do you ever like, find yourself wishing that you could like remember how to do that stuff wrong? And if so, like what tricks do you use to like give yourself to patch
0: incorrectly and get those strengths out? I'm going to try and rephrase that. It's a really good question. But so for for an experienced synthesis, um, once you get to know what you're doing really well, uh, you're not making those happy accidents as often. Or maybe you still are. Um, and sometimes those happy accidents are you know some of the best shit that you ever make. So how do you find yourself? Um, breathing you know like new life into to your 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 actual technique of synthesis is that good ken yeah he's a writer i'm not
3: so it <laughs> <laughs> much better for him just um put audio rate into everything yes. <laughs> <laughs> um well, one of them pretty is pretty those yeah. things yeah. Right one of those is those things <laughs> like that you know i you find yourself you grab your favorite sequencer and you start patching the voice one of the ways is just to like literally shake that out and be like all right I'm about to start right now and I'm literally going to shake that out and just like just start staring at the pieces and just being like looking at every individual piece and just looking at it in a different way. I think that's all it is for me and um sometimes I make music that that's that's really sometimes that's really crazy, but um, but but, but the, the, the thing is, though, I always start boxing myself with tempos and stuff. Like, a lot of times, because I'm used to this DJ background where you keep things the same tempo, and I'm just like, damn, I, I have to get more clock dividers and more sequencers that way. I could just trip that up and just start smashing everything because even though the sounds are nuts, everything is still like on this 4 4 grid, you know. So, to me, I, I always find ways of um, using like Yeah, audio rate clocks and just like, yeah, just just mentally, just walking up and saying, this is my intention. I'm gonna shake out the old right now, you know?
2: Trying to break stuff helps generally I mean the, the worst blowing a module is never blowing the, the full thing in terms of blowing it up a capacitor pops or whatever it does most <laughs> companies are super helpful so yeah patching outputs to out, see what happens I mean I'm not trying to encourage you to really try and break it but anytime something comes to me to test I'm trying to break it so that the customers don't break it when it becomes a commercial thing so audio rate everything step random everything put ranges into inputs that aren't expected and just use things for their non-intended purpose. Clock sequences at audio rates and draw your waveforms with sliders. Use all the audio rate sources as
3: modulators. Try and force your envelopes to oscillate. Just, yeah. If, Gen- if, it's try a, and push things. if it's a drum module or something, a lot of people think, oh, that just has a trigger input. You know, Try running audio into that input. And yeah, you get wild stuff.
0: It's a really simple answer. What I try to do, and it's, you know, 50 50 on whether or not it works but if i uh sometimes it's a pain in the ass but i'll just take everything out of my case and just try to arrange it in a different way because you start to think of it in a certain like order and then if you totally shake that up it it it's kind of like daunting at first to get back into it you're like what the fuck is this and it's like it's the same thing that i've been using for a month but
1: i I don't agree with that personally (laughs) because i because i tried rearranging my case Uh thinking that i would patch differently but i still found a way to make the same patch, even though it was like, you know, like the VCA was way on the other Mm -hmm. side from the oscillator. And it was just like, I still Mm
3: -hmm. snap
1: back. But I I think for me, um, stepping away from the system and getting inspiration from something completely different helps. Like something uh, different,
0: like, like a book or like a TV show or going for or a walk like or a just like a process. different process. Or... Like I've
1: been studying weaving right now. So that, you know, I kind of stepped away from the modular for a couple of months, like studying like weaving techniques and patterns. And that's kind of changed the way that I'm thinking about my system. And uh, I've kind of allowed myself to go back and patch kind of simpler rhythms and explore more like basic processes to really understand them like things that I just kind of like blew past when I first started because I just wanted to make all the sounds and use all the effects. And so um, I think drawing inspiration from completely different processes.
2: Yeah, I think that's really useful. A couple of quick ones. patch the system while it's turned off. Yeah, I've and you might still fall. Yeah. You might still fall into this right easier, sequencer, yeah. oscillator, <laughs> filter. You might still feel a way. You might not. And also having a patch that you've either turned off or you come back to or you're still working on, unpatch it in a way that you didn't patch it in the first place. So rather than trying to track backwards, start yanking cables out. There might be one cool thing that you just land in this new place when you're not, you know, you're not using your favorite modulation trick or you're not using a quantized voltage, and you always do. And this is why we flew him out from the UK.
3: For shit
0: like that, just drop a truth bomb.
3: Well, one of the things actually, um...
2: <laughs> Wait, you want to still go on that? The, the patching it when it comes off uh, comes from having a kid. A lot of people, I don't want to get into that too much, but people say, oh, you can't let her run up near the modular. Let her run free. It's great. Nothing's going to break. You can re-solder a jack socket. It doesn't matter. She's happy patching with the system off. I don't mind. I always turn it on and see what happens. And then I find myself like, damn, she's, she's nailed this. <laughs> and there's, there's one thing that just, of course, completely unintentional. And I turn it on and she doesn't like it, but I'm like, yeah, man, this is, the, this is it. <laughs> so just, yeah, patch blind, close your eyes, plug stuff in. Um, <laughs> as much as you can
4: force yourself to do it. Eli, did you have anything to add to that? Um, I like to smoke about three joints and uh, <laughs> get ridiculously high, and then I'm looking at my system, like, okay, this doesn't look the same. Um, it's, also, after, like, like, the next day, I'll, like, leave it patched, and I'll turn it on and, like, not really remember what the fuck I did. And I'm like, okay, wait, actually, I wouldn't have done this, or, like, maybe I did this by accident, and it's super cool, and I kind of dig that. Um, yeah, and uh, patching blind is a really, really great thing. Um, also, I have noticed that I can patch blind and pretty much make the like patch the exact same way as so if I don't patch blind. Almost better, because I'm not getting distracted by things. Hmm. And it's just like, oh wait, I know the workflow of this. It's just like plugging in cables, essentially, and then putting in sequences. So.
0: Nice. Well, I think we're about out of time. We're wrapping up. Um, if does anybody have, do anybody on stage have anything they want to shout from the modular mountaintops before we get off stage? Not to put you on the spot or anything. Yeah, this Thank is you. A, to...
1: Yeah, this is a beautiful room of people, and like it's, um, it's, it's cool to be part of this kind of crew and just all exploring sound together. I think we're all here because we're obsessed with sound, and that's like that's that's a really special point of connection between human beings. Sound cults. You know, so.
2: <laughs> I'd like to thank Tim for all the work that he does with oh, Podmod thank for, you. for hosting this, inviting thank me you. to come on stage. Thank you, guys. Um, and
0: while we're being sentimental, I, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, Banna But um, if you guys don't know, Bana Hafar uh, co-founded Modular on the Spot, and If it wasn't for Modular on the spot, Bradley and Josh wouldn't have started Mott Seattle and and then Modular Seattle. And we we wouldn't be sitting here at this event had her and Eric not done that. So just I want to say thank you for planting such an amazing seed. And thank you all for listening and uh, hanging out with us. And we'll see you guys in a few hours or something. Let's uh, let's eat some tamales and drink some beer. Well, there's our live episode. Thank you, Banna, Basic, and Annie, and Divkid for all being a part of it. Um it was a lot of fun, and I think there was a lot of really good nuggets of truth and inspiration in there. So, uh, yeah, can't thank them enough for joining. Can't thank all of you enough for uh, making this all possible by listening to the podcast. Uh, if you would like to help support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash podular or you could head over to the band camp and pick up a blank panel or the new EP that I released called Cabin Jams, which you hear playing below me now. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Until next week.